Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. So here's what we're gonna do. I wrote down uh, four questions I wanna throw your way. Yep. And uh, all as a result of what Peter was talking about. And then we're gonna throw these mics out and let you guys fire away any questions you'd like to fire away to Peter. So one thing I wrote down is find the pain they didn't know they had. Yeah. And I think one of your disruptive moments is you're not going deep enough to discover the pain that your customers actually have. Unpack that just a little bit more for us. Yeah, I think so. One of the challenges when there is a high administrative burden in a services business is we want to get through the burden as quickly as we can. Right. And you have sold thousands of mortgages, some of you, right? And so you think you already know all the things you think could come up. And so you, you tend to sort of fast track your client through that piece. Two things happen when you do that. Number one is they might have only had one mortgage in their whole life. And they won't feel heard in that process, right? right? And number two, you will rob yourself of the insight that comes with that, like, that deeper level of understanding, right? So a good example. So when we got on the phone to do this, 60-minute call, 57 minutes of that call, I didn't say a single thing about what this was going to be. I was like, tell me more, tell me more. What's that look like? How are the people? What's the psychology? What stops them? Who's doing it well? Who's not doing it well? And I'm just like, because then I can feed back to you in 180 seconds everything you said to me. And you're like, well, you totally understand me, right? Like, that's the process. It's discovery. You know what's so wild about what Peter just said? I had no idea until just now (laughs) that that was his strategy. And yet that is exactly what we're talking about in this go forward economy that we're watching disrupt in, our, in, in front of our very eyes is I think we treat every consumer the same way. They need a mortgage. We can give them a mortgage and we're going to do it as, as well as we can and as cost effectively as we can. But I don't think we spend the time going deep enough to understand the pain points. And I think this is a, I think this right here, this idea of how can I find more things that I can create solutions to that alleviate and or eliminate pain. If every customer is the same, then we don't need any of you. Wow. If it's, if it's replicable and consistent with no variability, then that will be done by a machine period. Done. You, like, it, firstly, the good news is it's not, and we do need you, right? But if you start acting like the machine in order to keep up with the machine, you're stuck in the middle. Remember that model? You need to, it should feel different to do business with the human than it does to do with the AI, right? Yeah, it should sure. feel different. For sure. Um, so, so I would like you to be thinking between now and Saturday about how committed you are, how aligned you are, with this methodology um, and how good you are to another point that Peter brought up about the quality of your questions to really discover where your consumers are feeling pain. And it doesn't matter if it's a real estate agent and they're feeling pain. It doesn't matter if it's a borrower and they're feeling pain. What I would do if I were in your chair and what I'm trying to do for us as an industry is I'm trying to figure out where does the universe that we serve have the greatest pain? 
And I believe that if you can solve that pain, you eliminate the competition that only thinks it's bells and whistles and speed of delivery. Can I add one thing to that? Just be careful of the assumption that they know where they have pain. Okay. Okay? Because actually in your... I, I would suggest that some borrowers underestimate the complexity in the process. Does that make sense? And so at that SAP example, the reason they brought the engineering engineer in is because the customer didn't know where their pain was and they needed an expert who knew more about the customer in a way than the customer knew to bring that up. And so you play a role. This is the whole point about, and maybe I moved through it too quickly, this point around thought leadership that you need to bring leading thoughts. Notice I combine those two insights because that engineer was bringing leading thoughts that the client's like, huh, I didn't even know I needed that. But my gosh, I really need that. So it's not just questions. There's like subtle, you're taking them on a journey. You, you know, here's how I describe it. I'll, I won't go too long, no, I promise. You're good. you're good. You're trying to get them off the lid of their jigsaw puzzle onto the lid of your jigsaw puzzle. Does that make sense? Like they see the world like this and it's far too simplistic for the true sophistication of what you do and the risks they are associated, that are associated with going through this process, both emotional risk, financial risk, etc. You need to get them off this simplistic lid onto a much more sophisticated lid where they're like, whoa, so glad you're on my team. Can you take care of that? Will you protect me? And so you have to, you're not just soliciting, you're also repositioning and reframing them in that process. Yeah. So on that note then, one of the things that I, I would add on um, is the relationship between our kind of, as experts, known pain points that most consumers experience um, tied to the depth of the question that reveals that pain point. Yeah. It's like that old saying, what keeps your client up at night? If someone calls me and says, hey, what keeps you up at night? I hang up, right? Like, that's not a sophisticated question. Like, the question would be something like, you know, we get to know each other, whatever. Tell me if this resonates with you. Some of our clients in similar positions to yours have experienced in the following three things. Can you see how that might, is that potentially true in this situation? And now they tell you the three things that keep them up at night. But if you just go, what keeps you up at night? Do your, do your work. Like that's, that's lazy inquiry. Yeah. yeah? That's like if you walk into my store and go, hey, have you had a good experience in my store? What's the answer everybody gives? Yes. And that's it. There's zero insight in that question. So I have another uh, question, and I, I don't know that I interpreted it the right way, but I, I loved it. I think, I think you said create the friction while they're in the room. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I would like your input on, so in the world of technology, um, we watch consumers not have to meet with a mortgage professional face-to-face in their office, but we also know that it's that face-to-face meeting that creates the highest customer SAT score. So one of the stats that I'll just give you right now, and and I'm going to ask Peter to respond to it, is if you look at an online loan app, a phone loan app, and a face-to-face loan app, the loan app that has the highest SAT score is face-to-face, but next to the mail, which is 1% of applications, face-to-face is only 8% of applications taken. 
So online applications, app, mobile device, sitting at your computer, okay, or a phone application with a LOA or somebody on your team, those two methodologies to an application have lower customer SAT scores by as much as 7%. And that's the difference in the MPS model of having a promoter and having somebody who's neutral. Yeah. Entrepreneur Magazine, uh, eight months ago, had a lead article on their, on their site, and it said, if you want to 10X your business, if you want to 10X your business, have more face-to-face meetings. How disruptive is face-to-face and the humanoid, kind of the, the need to connect? And uh, as a consultant, what do you see when technology is about speed, technology is about getting things done quickly and slowing things down in a high-price, high-volume transaction that arguably is the biggest debt that people have? So I would suggest that there are certain parts of the process that you want to speed up and make as efficient as possible. I think the acquisition of documentation, I think stepping someone through a process, you want to speed that up. I would never in a million years be that person. If you, if you have the ability to create structure around you, either with staff or technology, I would try and do that. In my case, I would have staff do that. So if we were calling about this event, I have zero interest in what flight I'm getting on, what time the sound check is, what the room layout is. I'm not going to put my brand associated with that level of detail in your mind. But when it comes to what's the content going to be, and the con- now that I want to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And so anything low value I'm disassociated with, and so you do want to speed that up. But when you come to me, and you're like, there are these seven different options. You can have a, an arm and a this and a that and a whatever. Because it's actually pretty confusing. Do I fix it? For how long do I fix it? What does that look like? You know, that should be face, that to me feels like it should be face to face. That should be you having a coffee with me and going, look, let me talk you through the pros and cons. Yeah. If I was a mortgage professional, I would build a branded process of what the mortgage journey goes on. And I'd be like, here's what happens at this step. Here's who will take care of you. Here's what happens at this step. When it comes to the high value bit, I have that like bright red on my icon, on my infographic going, this is the critical decision. I will be face to face with you in this moment. Does that make sense? Like yeah, yeah. You, can, you can design it to do both. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So guys, I'm going to heat these mics up and uh, these are really soft. They will not hurt you if they hit you. So here comes the first mic. Somebody catch that. That was awesome. Let's get some music going. We're going to get these mics out. Who wants to catch it over here? Catch it. I mean, catch it. Oh, perfect throw. Oh. <laughs> All right. This is Free Fire with Peter Sheehan. And any question you want to ask this thought leader, go ahead and ask. We've got somebody over here who wants to ask a question. Throw the box over to him. Put your hand up if you want to ask Oh, I think he wants to ask one. The guy's go. standing up. Yeah. There you go. You're good. Hello? Yeah. Uh, Jake Wade, Pinnacle Capital. Um, so I'm currently working on uh, designing. So I do an online app process that I then follow up with a high trust call. And I'm currently walk, working on a mini disk slash need analysis in that online application. So then when I follow up, I kind of have personality style, their pain points, how they want to receive either you know, text versus email versus all that. Do you have any suggestions on uh, helping create that? Because I'm in the process of it right now. I don't really, to be honest with you. You're at a level of detail that's probably beyond where I'm at. A um, couple of thoughts, though, on that. The, you can't outsource everything to your client. Like, if someone had a full disk 
assessment of my preferences, I probably wouldn't go through it. You have to almost subtly drop those into things like, what's your preferred means of communication? How do you, you know? That'd be my first thought. The second thought I'd have for you is, I would want to know, so I'm not a mortgage professional, but I would want to know what are the points that I lose clients, right? And if, if one of them's in the application process, I probably wouldn't overly automate that bit. Does that make sense? Because yeah. if that's yeah. where I'm losing them from. So my advice would be to don't outsource everything to them because if you make that too onerous, I'm like, hey, that's your job to know how to sell to me, not my job to teach you how to do it. And two, that when you think about what you automate and what you don't, Make sure you don't automate the, it's not just the high value bits, but the high risk bits that matter as well. And so I would not create too much friction there if I were you. That would be kind of the, the closest answer. I bet you want it deeper than that, but I'm sorry. So maybe if I took the disk, because my thought was to maybe have like three or four uh, disk questions just to kind of get an insight of uh, how to interact with them. Would that be what you Yeah, I think about? that's okay. okay. Um, just don't get locked into a... I would just say three or four questions on how to interact with them. Yeah. You know, and if you can get disc-like insights out of that, great. Okay. If not, if you just know that I prefer text over email, then great. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I think just on that note, too, I would say that, that less is best, and your value has to be in the connection. So to Peter's point, you know, we can be really, really proud of our technology. We can be really, really stoked that we've got all these great questions. But if the consumer is going, this is a lot of stuff. You know, this is stuff that I would rather not answer on an application, uh, an app application, or, or, you know, through whatever device you have or link you have. Um, I'd like you to start to associate the value that you're bringing to the market with the depth of the conversation you're able to have. And so I think there is a balancing act, and I would just be careful on that. Okay, over here, where was the mic? Sir, sure. hello. Stand up. Can you hear me? Hey, yeah. Peter, you touched on the fact of agreement versus alignment and how we agree to show up for work every day, but how can we get more aligned? I know it starts with us, but influencing everyone else around you on your teammates, even other loan officers. Could you go a little deeper into that piece for us, please? Yeah, it's um, get, going from agreement to alignment is a very hard thing to instigate in someone else's life, right? So awareness to ownership is the hardest for you. Alignment is how to get other people to show up and do the right things. A whole bunch of ideas. Number one is the number one barrier is capacity. Okay, everyone thinks, you know, if I just add one more thing that I ask my team to do, they will automatically assume that's a good idea and do it. But no one in your team was sitting around with nothing to do, okay? And so you have to be willing to deselect if you want to add new things on, right? So I imagine some of your members have been here for multiple years, right? And every year we get this new idea and then we get another new idea and then another new idea and another new idea. And then we forget that the new new idea got rid of the second new idea from four years ago when that should be deselected. So number one is you deselect out, okay? Um, two is whenever you're po presented with something new, don't ask the question, is it a good idea or a bad idea? Ask, is it aligned to what I'm trying to achieve or is it misaligned to what I'm trying to achieve? So for instance, some of you will follow me on Twitter after today and you will notice that I never tweet. Because <laughs> it's just not worth my time. It's not what I do. Now, there are speakers who do that, right? But in terms of who I sell to, like, they don't, they're not on Twitter. They're just not, right? So I choose not to do that. Now, I have the account because some people like to communicate like that and someone on my staff checks it and when we announce something, it gets tweeted out. But I'm not telling you I went to the toilet or what I ate for lunch ever, right? 
because it's just completely misaligned to my brand. Does that make sense? I'm not about amplification, I'm about elimination. And so I don't get on board with that. I, you know, it's just not my thing. I don't post an Instagram every day of like some quote I stole. You know, it's not my thing, right? Doesn't mean you sh now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. That's a question for you to answer. But for me, is it aligned? Is it misaligned? Does that make sense? That's the question. Not is it a good idea or a bad idea? Because guys like Gary Vaynerchuk do just fine speaking and writing, and he tweets 300 times a day or something. It's just not my shtick, you know? So that, that'd be the second idea I'd have around that. And then three would be the one I ended with, which is if you want other people to change their behavior, go first. Don't even think about them. You change your behavior and watch what happens. All of a sudden, my team started innovating because I stopped being such a jerk. And like making them feel stupid. Yeah, awesome. All right, let's give Peter a big round of applause. That was a awesome session. Thank, Thank you, brother. Brilliant. Thanks, man. Brilliant, yeah.